What can the New York Giants learn as far as roster building from the Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles, the two Super Bowl participants? We're going to cover that and also answer a listener question in today's episode of the Locked on Giants podcast that's coming your way next. You are Locked on Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of the Locked On Giants podcast is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to a new edition of the Locked On Giants podcast, part of the Locked On podcast family, your team every day. My name is Patricia Trena. It is Thursday. We are counting down to the Super Bowl. And uh, yeah, folks, I'm going to watch the Super Bowl. I kind of have to, even though I don't want to, because I don't have a horse in this race. I really don't. I, I it, To me, it doesn't matter. But anyway, um, we are still doing five days a week here on the Lothan Giants podcast. And on today's show, speaking of the Super Bowl, we're going to take a look at lessons that the New York Giants can take from each of the Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles as the Giants get ready to continue upgrading their roster, things that they need to do in order to kind of close the gap between themselves and the Eagles in the NFC East. So we're going to take a look at uh, four things that I've identified. And then, of course, later on in the show, I have a listener submitted question that I will get to. So let's not waste any time. Let's get right into it. All right. The first thing that the Giants absolutely positively have got to close the gap on is the trenches. And I'm talking not just the offensive line, I'm talking the defensive line. Let me hitch up with a few stats here. Philadelphia in 2023, the regular season, allowed 44 sacks, but they got 70. All right. I think they led the league. And I, matter of fact, I think they were too shy of the, the league record. Right, 70 sacks, and they gave up 44. That's quite a a difference. Basically, the Eagles dominated in the trenches, and that's where games are won and lost for a lot of teams. If you can't hold up in the trenches, give your quarterback an opportunity, or get to the opposing team's quarterback, you ain't going to have a chance of winning. So it's just that simple. Now, Kansas City. They allowed 26 sacks and had 55 on the regular season. All right. So again, a big, big difference between sacks allowed versus sacks gained. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about the pass rush in just a bit because um, that's significant. But um, all right, here's a stat for you. Um, I went and I looked at the Giants offensive line and I wanted to see how many, you know, where was the pressure, the most pressure coming from in terms of, uh, was it the right side, the middle, the left side? The right side was the biggest problem for the Giants. The side staffed by Evan Neal, who was, who of course was a rookie, had his share of struggles, and Mark Lewinsky. The two of them combined for 87 total pressures. Neal had 52, which I think led the, the team, and it wasn't even close. Lewinsky had 37. 
got to shore that up. Now, hopefully, Neil will come in in year two and show improvement. Um, we'll be healthier, which I think was a problem of his. But um, too many times the Giants just weren't able to, um, you know, hold off the opposing teams from getting into the, uh, the, the backfield. And it cost them, folks. It really did. And uh, I'm just going to look up real quick the pass blocking efficiency. But uh, I believe, and let me just take a look here. The Giants allowed, uh, yeah, okay. According to Pro Football Focus, the Giants allowed 212 total pressures. That was the third most allowed in the NFL last year. So that comes out to a pass block, pass block efficiency rating 82.8, which is 26, tied for 26 with the Vikings and the, uh, the Raiders. All right. So not very good. You look at, you know, the, the Chiefs and the Eagles. The Eagles had a 90 efficiency rating, um, allowed only 125 pressures altogether. And pressures consist of uh, sacks, hits, and hurries, by the way. The, the three numbers added up are your total pressures. The Chiefs allowed 195, and they had a pass block efficiency rating of 87. So the Giants got to get better in the trenches, specifically on the offensive line. They made progress, um, but that project is just still not complete yet. Um, whether that's, again, they get a new right guard, although I think they're, you know, Glowinski is going to be in there for another year because of the way his contract's set up, whether they get another center, however they do it, they've got to shore that unit up. They've got to beef it up because it was a problem with, uh, protection. Now, I also mentioned the uh, the other side of the ball, the defensive side, and how the Eagles had 70 sacks and the Chiefs had 55 sacks. Well, not all that is, is necessarily, you know, the front, the defensive front, because last year the Giants played a lot of uh, two-man defensive front, and then they had the edge rushers come down. So just let's take a look at the edge rushers for a second here, or actually the whole the whole nine yards here. Um, the Kansas City Chiefs had two guys, uh, Chris Jones, who had 15 and a half sacks, and George Karloffelis, who had uh, six. So those two guys combined for 21 and a half sacks. And then they had two other guys, Frank Clark and Michael Donna, each had five sacks apiece. Now, the Eagles had four guys, all right, count them, four guys with 11-plus sacks. That's outrageous. I mean, unbelievable. Hassan Reddick, uh, Javon Hargrave, Josh Sweat, and Brandon Graham all had 11-plus sacks. And I think Reddick had 15 and a half. Keep that number in mind because I'm going to give you a, a stat in just a second about what the Giants did. But, you know, just you've heard me say it before. If a team is going to have a chance and be, you know, a, a championship type of uh, team, you got to have three solid pass rushers on your team. And the Giants just didn't have that in terms of production. They really didn't. I mean, and I go back. I always mention 2007, the Super Bowl team, when they had Strahan, Tuck, and uh, Yumanura. And then in 2011, they had Tuck, Yumanura, and JPP. 
they haven't had that in so long. Now, I do think they have two solid pass rushers in Thibodeau and Ojolari, assuming that both can stay healthy. But can we say that they honestly have a third solid pass rusher, a guy who's capable of generating 10 plus sacks? I'm not sure they do. Not, not right now at any rate. So let me give you some numbers here because I promise you these stats. The Giants had, let me see, their sack leader was Dexter Lawrence, one of their defensive linemen, seven and a half sacks. Now, remember I told you Hassan Reddick had something like 15 and a half sacks? Ojulari, Thibodeau, Jihad Ward, and O'Shane Zimenez, the Giants' edge rushers, combined for 14 and a half sacks. Okay? That speaks volumes. It really does. That, uh, you know, those guys. Now, I get it. There were some injuries involved. Ojulari was in the trainer's room a little bit more than he was on the field. Thibodeau was a rookie, started off injured and missed, you know, a couple games before he was able to come on and, and the game started to slow down for him. Ward has never really been a high volume sack guy. And Zimenez, I'm really not sure what his future is with this team, to be honest with you. But the point is, is the Giants did not have a three deep uh, edge rusher pass rusher group and if they want to close the gap with the Eagles and potentially the Chiefs take that lesson and find yourself one now I know they don't grow on trees I know the answer is to, to draft if you can you probably will not get one at when you're drafting at 25 unless you get lucky but uh got to find a way to to get more pressure because that was a big big problem and that's certainly a lesson that they can take from the Chiefs and from the Eagles. All right, coming up, I've got uh, a couple more lessons that I think are important that the Giants can learn from the Chiefs and the Eagles. We'll get to those right after this. Hey, Giant fans, as a small business owner or hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experience to help you achieve your goals. LinkedIn Jobs helps you quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools. They go beyond resume data by using insights from your job posts, company, and their 875 million member profiles to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates. Identify the most qualified candidates on LinkedIn Jobs and connect with them fast and for free. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. Again, that's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thanks again for making the Locked On Giants podcast your first listen every day. Subscribe to the Locked On NFL podcast and get daily conversations on the biggest NFL stories, including in-depth analysis on the biggest games with NFL key predictions every Friday. And on Monday, local insiders cover the weekend games with game-to-game -game episodes. Locked On NFL, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Giant fans, welcome back to the Locked on Giants podcast. I am your host, Patricia Trena. Appreciate you tuning in. As always, 
The Super Bowl is about a couple days away, actually four days away. And on today's show, we're talking about lessons that the New York Giants can learn from the two participating Super Bowl teams, the Philadelphia Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs. And I know, folks, who wants to learn anything from the Eagles? I get it. But look, let's give credit where it's due. That team is just loaded. They are stacked. They have built their roster the right way. And there are lessons to be learned, especially if the Giants want to close the gap this offseason with the Eagles. So let's talk about a couple more things. All right. Playmakers. Now, quick quiz here. How many playmakers on the Giants do you honestly think have caused opposing defensive coordinators sleepless nights? Let's count them. Saquon Barkley? Yeah, we can probably make a case for him. Daniel Jones? Possibly. You could possibly make a case for him, given the fact that he's, you know, ran all those RPOs and zone reads and was a threat with his legs and had to be accounted for. Who else? I'll wait. Huh? Can't think of anybody else. That, ladies and gentlemen, is a big problem. All right, so let's take a look at the Eagles. Their leading rushers, like the Giants, very much so, were a running back and a quarterback. Miles Sanders and Jalen Hurts were their top two rushers. The Chiefs, their top two leading rushers. Again, running back and a quarterback. Isaiah Pacheco, I think it's Pacheco, excuse me, and Patrick Mahomes, right? That's their one-two punch. The Giants, assuming they re-signed Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones, they've got a one-two punch. They've got half of what they need. But here's the problem. The Chiefs have Travis Kelsey, their tight end. They have Nicole Hartman, McKinnon. And those three guys alone accounted for 25 of the team's 41 receiving touchdowns. 25 of 41. The Eagles, Devonta Smith, A.J. Brown, Dallas Goddard, they accounted for 21 of the 25 passing touch, uh, receiving touchdowns. So you see where I'm going with this, folks? It's very simple. The more playmakers you have, the more competitive you're going to be and the more headaches you're going to create for the opposing defense. When teams came up against the Giants, they knew the key was shut down Saquon Barkley, make Daniel Jones beat you. And sometimes he was able to do it with his legs, but with his arm, not so much so because he just didn't have the firepower in the passing game. Even though towards the end of the season, you know, the receivers started to click a little bit better, nobody was going to mistake the Giants receivers for what the Eagles had. So getting playmakers is utmost important. And, and look, you know, there's been some debate about whether the Giants should, um, should go all out to get a number one receiver. I think possibly they can wait another year, but I think if they can get another two solid receivers to add to the collection, a collection that will include Isaiah Hodgins and when he's healthy, Wandale Robinson, get another couple guys who can, you know, you can spread the ball out. You don't, you know, you, you might be able to get away with not having a bona fide number one this, you know, at this juncture. Ultimately, 
you would want to get one. But you want to get more playmakers in here who can, you know, who are effective with the ball in their hands, who can pick up yards, move the chains. Giants didn't have enough of that. And it hurt them. I mean, we saw it week in and week out with the passing total, passing yardage total, with the total yards, just not enough firepower. And there's no question they need to add more. You know, another thing I would like to see, especially if Saquon Barkley comes back, get a second running back to help take some of the load off of him. Because to me, you can't just load it all up on Saquon Barkley's shoulders. You're going to wear the guy out. And especially if you're going to resign him for, you know, an estimated 12.5 to 13 million, which is what I think he's going to get from the Giants, probably no more than that. Get another running back and split the load. Does it all have to be on Saquon? No, I don't think it does. Last year, a lot of it was on him. So when the team kind of knows who your one guy is that they that you have to defend, makes it harder. When you give a defense a pick your poison type of scenario, good luck. Good luck, defense, because chances are you're not going to figure it out so quickly. And it gives the coaches more flexibility, obviously, in terms of what plays they can call and who they can feature in the offensive game plan for that particular week. All right, a couple more things that the Giants can learn from the Chiefs and the Eagles. Cornerbacks. Yes, folks, the Giants need solid cornerbacks. All right, so let's look at some numbers. The Eagles, James Bradbury, former Giant, by the way, and Darius Slay combined for, uh, looks like 20, no, 31 pass breakups. Bradbury had 17, Slay had 14. All right, the Chiefs. They have Legereus Sneed, who had 11 uh, pass breakups. Juan Thornhill had nine. Willie Gay and Carlos Dunlap had eight apiece. That's a lot of pass breakups. The Giants, their pass breakup leader, Fabian Moreau, who basically came on for an injured Aaron Robinson. That's Fabian Moreau had 10. That was their leader. All right. You need a solid second cornerback. Giants just, they didn't have it. And again, I know they had injuries, but I always felt like, you know, they scrambled to plug the hole after they had to cut Bradbury. They put Aaron Robinson in on that spot. Aaron Robinson was always a college slot cornerback. I don't know that I would have put him on the outside. I think they, I don't think they had a choice you know, because of what happened and the fact that they were cap strung. But uh, I'd like to see them get a solid cornerback to line up opposite of the Dory Jackson and continue to develop, you know, a Cordell Flott and some of these other younger guys that they have. Because right now the Giants cornerback, you know, look, if the Giants cornerbacks do their job and hold the coverage, that makes it easier for the pass rush. Think about it. If you have your, if you know your cornerbacks can sit there and, and hold coverage for over three seconds, or, or, you know, I think the average is three seconds, that should be more than enough time for your pass rush to get home. So if you have guys that have quick steps, quick first steps, the, the back end of the pass rush and the front end work hand in hand, and they can, they can work together 
if you have guys on the back end who can cover. And the Giants, unfortunately, just didn't have that all the time. We saw way too many big plays being given up down the field. All right. The other thing that they can learn from the Eagles and the Chiefs, speed, speed kills. In this case, it kills the offense trying to attack the middle of the field. How many times, ladies and gentlemen, did we see the middle of the field so wide open because the linebackers couldn't get there? How many times did we have to see scenarios where the safeties had to come up and provide help underneath as opposed to maybe leaving the cornerbacks or, or giving the cornerbacks help, deep help down the field? The answer is too many because the Giants just didn't have speed. I mean, think about this for a minute. The Giants had what? Tay Crowder. They had Micah McFadden. They had uh, Jalen Smith and Gerard Davis play inside linebacker for them at different points in the year. Not because guys got injured, but because they were looking for the right combination to stop the bleeding over the middle, which they never did find. So getting an inside linebacker with speed should be a top priority for this team, maybe even more so than getting a wide receiver because a good linebacker will also help with the run fits, which was another problem by the Giants. The running defense was terrible this year because the linebackers weren't coming up and filling the, the holes the way they needed to. So to me, linebacker probably is a little bit more of a need than receiver, not by much, but a little bit more. All right. So let me give you some numbers here just to go back to, you know, the comparisons. The Giants allowed 5.23 yards per rushing play, 31st in the NFL. They allowed 6.40 yards per passing play, 13th in the NFL. The Chiefs, 4.35 yards per running play, which was 15th, and 6.07 yards per passing play, 6th. The Eagles, they allowed 4.64 yards per run, which was 24th. All right, that was kind of their Achilles heel, but still better than what the Giants allowed. And only 5.50 yards per passing play, first in the NFL. All right, so a huge gap there that needs to be covered. And it all comes down to speed. Can the Giants get speed on defense? And I have no idea as I sit here what the priorities are for general manager Joe Shane. If he if he made his to-do list and said, okay, I got to do linebacker, then receiver, then, you know, uh, tight end or whatever, whatever order he's going to go in. I don't know that he even has an order. But these are some of the lessons that the Giants can take away from the two Super Bowl competing teams. If they want to get closer to being that team that opponents are going to fear and have to worry about. So we will see what the offseason brings. We will uh, get an opportunity to watch the Chiefs and Eagles this Sunday, and you will be amazed because, you know, if you've been watching the playoffs, they are really, really good teams. 
All right. And uh, I know I sit there and I say, gosh, one day I know the Giants are going to be that good, but they're just not there yet. Joe Shane will get them there, though. I'm I'm confident of that. All right. Coming up next, I've got a listener mailbag question. Don't go anywhere. Hey, Giant fans, we're really excited about our new sports betting partner, FanDuel, America's number one sports book. FanDuel has so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. You can bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. The FanDuel sports Book app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Best of all, you can get paid your winnings instantly. Download the FanDuel app now so that you can bet on Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash lock on to claim your no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. Again, that's FanDuel.com slash lock on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. All right, Giant fans, welcome back to the Lock on Giants podcast. I'm your host, Patricia Trana. Thank you so much for tuning in to watch the show. Or if you are listening to us on our audio platforms, thank you for listening to the Lock on Giants podcast. It is appreciated. We are off to a pretty good start for the month of February um, after a record-setting month of January. And I do appreciate uh, all the feedback and the listens and whatnot. Uh, before I get to the final segment here of the show, just real quick, no Lock on Giants live this week. Um, the plan, like I've been saying along, is to hopefully have something next week with Bad Dog and Entertainer and that would be a salary cap show. So if we can schedule it for next week, it won't be too long. I know I've been talking about the salary cap show. That is the plan to do at some point this month, hopefully next next week. So just, you know, I'll let you know when I have that set up. And hopefully you'll be able to tune in and check that out. Um, that's going to be fun. That's going to be locked on live. So if you listen to us on the audio platforms and can check that out on YouTube, this way you can participate, ask questions. And if you can't, you know, there's always the replay and you can always send me a question. If you totally missed replay and you want to know something, you could send me a question just as Steve W. did. So uh, what I've been doing or trying to do is since I probably won't get enough questions right now for Twitter Tuesday, I still take your questions, but I just interject them wherever I have, a, you know, uh, an opportunity to do so here on uh you know, the podcast. So I'm going to answer one from Steve W, which uh, he emailed it to me. And um, the email address, by the way, is lockedongiantspodcast at gmail.com. It's in the show notes. So he writes, I watch you on YouTube every day. Please solve this mystery. Every day on all the Giants YouTube shows I watch, yours is my first watch. Thank you. Uh, there is a discussion about wide receiver, but never is Colin Johnson mentioned this baffles me. He looked very good in preseason, but got hurt. Why is he never mentioned or discussed? And what do you think about his potential? Please answer on the YouTube show. All right, Steve, here I am. I'm answering your question. Thank you for sending that in. Um, this is just my guess here. Um, you have something known as out of sight, out of mind. And certain players, when they get injured, they choose to stay in East Rutherford to do all their rehab work. 
And then you have players who they get injured and they go home to, you know, their home state or their hometown with instructions from the Giants as, as to what they need to accomplish. And they do their rehab at home. To my knowledge, I don't think Colin Johnson was around the facility. I know, you know, during the course of the season, I would see guys come in and out, obviously, you know, in the locker room. I don't recall seeing Colin Johnson very often. Now, that's not to say that he wasn't in the facility. They do have to come in. They do have to check in with the trainers. I think it's something like once a month or on a prescribed, uh, you know, rehab schedule, whatever that might be. I don't recall seeing Colin Johnson a lot. So that's why he's a little bit of a mystery, kind of a forgotten man, if you will. Was he looking good prior to his injury? Yes. Was he looking number one receiver good? I don't think I would say that, to be honest with you. Can he be part of the equation moving forward? Possibly. But you also have Isaiah Hodgins now, who kind of took over that role, I think, that Colin Johnson might have played. So I'm going to be curious to see what kind of role Colin Johnson has. He is under contract. Um, did he lose any speed? Did he lose any quickness? That's what we've got to see. And I think until they get on the field and he starts running, hard to say exactly where he's going to fit in and what his role on the offense, if he has a role, is going to be. But certainly something to keep an eye on. But um, yeah, out of sight, out of mind. You know, Sterling Shepard got hurt week three. He hung around. Wandale Robinson was around for, for a good number of weeks after he got hurt. You know, it's up to the players. It, it, you know, the player's not going to get penalized per se if he chooses to do his rehab off-site. But it's probably not a bad idea to do your rehab on-site because there are things you can do to stay involved with the team, as we kind of saw with Sterling Shepard. You know, not only was he going to the games and serving as the biggest cheerleader for the team, but he was helping to coach guys up. He was watching film with them. He was doing everything that he was allowed to do under the rules of uh, being on injured reserve. The only thing he really wasn't allowed to do, obviously, was to practice. But he could, you know, he could watch practice. He could watch film. Um, he could do all that stuff. But he just could not set foot on the practice field. So by doing that, you learn about the offense. You, you know, you grow in the offense. You take those proverbial mental reps, which are better than nothing. So, you know, that's my take on the Colin Johnson situation. Now, again, it wasn't like he was totally at AWOL. He did have to come in. But I just... You know, and it's possible he might have been in the facility and just, you know, been in the back when the meeting was allowed in. But I know there were many times when I saw injured guys, you know, pop out for a second or two. And I don't recall seeing him. So if he was there, I missed him. If he wasn't there, then I, I guess, you know, my observation is correct. So hope that answers your question, Steve. Again, thank you for listening to the podcast, watching the podcast. And thank you for sending in the question. All right, Giant fans, that is going to do it for today's show. Again, thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day. Or if watching on YouTube, your first watch of the day, we'll have an all new episode for you tomorrow. Hope to see you then.